Spoiler warning. The following discussion will contain spoilers. We recommend checking out the movie first, then coming back to hang with us. But if you don't care about that, glad to have you here. Alright everybody, welcome back to the 25 Days of Real Christmas, a series where we review some old and new holiday favorite films. My name's Kevin. And I'm John. And we are your real movie guys. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. One year after Kevin McAllister was left home alone and had to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars, he accidentally finds himself stranded in New York City, and the same criminals are not that far behind. This is the perfect example of doing the exact same thing a second time. And doing it maybe better. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but I would say this is an unhealthy trend in Hollywood <laughs> right off the bat. And I don't know if we have this movie to thank. Maybe there's earlier examples of this, and I don't like that. I don't like that trend. One of my favorite examples of this, besides Home Alone being you know one of them, The Hangover. I always think of The Hangover when I think of just, let's do the exact same thing, just somewhere slightly different. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. I hate that trend. Right off the bat, I'm not gonna lie. I hate that trend. However, Home Alone Two is a little different in that regard. I I really do enjoy Home Alone Two. A lot of it's nostalgia, I think. So I'm gonna try and separate that as we go through our review. But you know, I have a lot of feelings about Home Alone Two. Now, John, I I know you do as well, of course. Of course, I love Home Alone Two. I feel like it may be better than the first one, but I also think okay. that it definitely is the exact same thing as Home Alone 1. Throw in a little bit different things, <laughs> a different background, right. and a couple extra strange, peculiar characters, right. I would say. Well, we got some interesting things to talk about then. So let's just jump right in. Pretty much this is the exact same story. Even a lot of the scenes are exactly the same. I would argue, and, and I have some supporting evidence about this later, I would argue this is almost a remake of the first movie in some regard to where I feel like it's not even like a sequel. It's like a remake of the original Home Alone with a new setting because they literally well, have the same exact interactions at times down down to literally the dialogue, to the way it's filmed, to the, the pauses and the, the voice work. It's identical. And it's astonishing to me. They literally say that. We did it again when they when they <laughs> sleep in. When they sleep in again. This movie I feel like it doesn't take itself too seriously with that. Like they acknowledge a lot of the time, like, you know, we did this again. When the parents, right, Catherine O'Hara, of course, making her lovely return, and John Hurd as well, when they're in the police station and they're being interviewed, like, oh, you know, has this ever happened before? And they're like, No. <laughs> yeah, well, year. kinda. Just <laughs> that awkward interaction, like, oh shit, we we did this and, again. <laughs> and the cops looking at them like like, you're terrible parents. They are. They're terrible parents. I'm sorry. You know, they can give them all the money in the world and whatnot, you know, to take them on these fancy trips. This family just needs to stay home. <laughs> Seriously. They'd still probably lose their kid or something. So, like I was saying, though, this movie does a lot the same. Almost all of it in, entirely. However, what they do is they take the story of Home Alone and they add, like, a fresh coat of paint, almost. It's just lost in New York. Like, I don't even know you would consider this technically a Home Alone because it's more just like lost in new york right that new york paint job changes things up and adds some some new like little wrinkles to the formula here while I, it is exactly the same and they, they have no shame in doing that 100 percent. the whole big city angle is actually kind of fresh i kind of like that to be honest i like the interactions they have in this movie the whole new york thing changed everything up i feel like it added something more to it right where he's not just sitting home all day He's exploring the city. He's going riding in limos. Mm -hmm. He's talking. He's going to the toy store. Right. He's figuring stuff out like on his own. Where 
He's not just sitting home going, huh, what should I do now? That is one of the best things about it. It really captures this this new setting. It really uses the New York setting to its fullest. I do have issues a little bit with the ending because while it does the whole fresh New York angle, at the end of the movie, we kind of just go back to the, the exact same Home Alone setup of him setting traps. While it is fresh and new, at the end, they kind of just go back to the same old plot. So the main positive is the return of the excellent cast. Everyone's pretty much back, I think, for the most part. Everyone that mattered essentially is back. And then we get some new characters who I really are some of my favorite. I have to, I can't lie to you. The hotel staff, Mr. Tim Curry is in our movie and I love Tim Curry. Tim Curry can be the most evil, amazing person on the, his, his face gestures. He kind of reminds me of Jim Carrey in a way, you know how Jim Carrey can just give you that offsetting smile and against like contort his face. Tim Curry does the same thing. And he's just got that, that Tim Curry voice that isn't so isn't everything from Pennywise, the clown to gender bending and Rocky horror. Tim Curry can do it all. And in this movie, he's like the perfect villain. I almost kind of wish he was, just more of the villain in this movie than maybe Marvin, you know, them coming back. I like the whole interactions between Tim Curry and Macaulay Culkin and Kevin. I, th- I think it was the best parts. It's a lot of it is the best parts of this movie. And we also have well, Rob Schneider, who's very young in this movie too. Rob Schneider playing, young. you know, the bellhop. He doesn't have too much to do, but you know, he's got, he got a couple of quips in there. So it was nice to see a very young, you know, Rob Schneider in this film as well. I do like the one part where first time he tips some bubble gum. And then the second time he comes back and he's like, Oh, I guess you're expecting a tip now. He's like, no, I'm good. I still have the same piece from the other time. He pulls out a big wad of cash. He goes, right. All right. Closes the door. He's like, wait, wait, wait. There's many good parts to this movie. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Tim Curry for me steals a lot of the scenes. Like my favorite parts really are just honestly are the Tim Curry scenes because a lot of it kind of just happened in the other movie. So there's not really too much freshness as far as that. We have the clown in the shower. Get out of here, you little sneaker. I'm going to smack you silly. And Tim Curry (laughs) just runs out. I like how they also use a clown inflatable because two years earlier tim curry played pennywise so was that like a little joke in there i know chris columbus can be cheeky sometimes so i wonder if that was like a reference if it was good good on them that was pretty cool i like that my favorite part of course that has to be you know the stolen credit card when they find out the credit card stolen and they go up there and they're Ah. playing the film which ironically is also a sequel to the 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 previous film angels with even filthier souls I think it's called <laughs> like literally they even just changed the title of the movie slightly and they shot this little cute special. And I think in my personal opinion, the quote in this movie is more popular than the first movie. I don't know if you would agree because we, we kind of talked about that a little bit in our first review where we say, keep the change you filthy animal. For some reason, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal stays more with me than the first movie's quote for some reason. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the flow. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal and a happy new year. For some reason that just flows better with me. I I just remember that more. Well, there's like plenty of funny parts to this movie too. Like I even like when Marvin Harry finally show up to like New York. Oh yeah. He goes, the Hadia pal scene. I love that scene. (laughs) He goes, what do you smell? And he goes, fish. He goes, no, you idiot freedom. And he goes, no fish <laughs> he goes no freedom you idiot no there's let's go there's no denying that you know daniel stern joe pesci marvin harry respectively their, their chemistry's on point again i would argue a little bit and i don't know if you'd agree with this i feel like they're a little toned down in this movie i don't feel like they were as bad as they were in the first movie i don't, I don't know what it is i can't put my finger necessarily on it but i feel like they're just slightly 
turned down a little bit. I don't know if because we got maybe a little less time and got to see less of their shenanigans or maybe their plan just overall wasn't compelling to me. I don't know what it was, but I just feel like something like a little bit of edge is missing. They were at a 10 in the first movie and this one, they're more of like a six or a seven. I feel like this movie on top of that, like you said, this one's so quotable like the first one, of course, so many quotes you can have in this film. It's just unbelievable. So this one's a positive and a negative. Very interesting. We got, we got a double, we got a double, double bladed edge here. The traps are more brutal in this movie for sure. The traps at the end of this movie are by far, you're dead a lot of the times. The first one, you can maybe get away with a lot of it being like, all right, you know, I can see how they're still going. This one, no. While I like them, I like the execution. You threw a friggin' brick at a man's head and he was literally had like a pseudo concussion. I mean, and they're funny too. Don't get me wrong. Marv gets electrocuted and you literally see his <laughs> skeleton. The kerosene when Joe Pesci puts his head, his flaming head in the oh. toilet and it explodes. <laughs> They're funny and I really like them. On that part, I'm like, okay, that that's fine. But at the same time, like, they should be dead. 100%. I know, but it's and I know it's just a movie. I know, I know that whole thing. But at the same time, that's why I said it's a positive and a negative for me because it's so engaging and funny. But at the same time, it's like, all right, I felt like they really, they really wanted to turn up the volume a lot. It's too unbelievable for you. Yeah, it's a little too much for me at that point. Because again, you. the first ones are more like believable. You know, I mean, they're a little out there because they should be severely injured as well. But this one's more like you should be just flat out dead. This movie does have some, like you said, there are, there are negatives. Macaulay Culkin, and this is mean to say a little bit, and I, I hate to be that guy. Culkin's starting to hit puberty a little bit. It's getting obvious. So some of the, he's not hitting his notes like he used to. So there are just some definite voice inflections there. The famous scream is really a letdown in this movie. Like, we really didn't get the, ah, like, we kind of got it. But you can tell he couldn't do it like he used to. So they kind of had to make it shorter and cut it away a little faster. You can just tell what some of his dialogue delivery is. He's on that edge right there. Only Maybe you can shame somebody for going through and, uh, I'm not shaming the guy. I'm just It's <laughs> noticeable, right? It's noticeable. And he didn't do a bad performance. If anything, he... He hammed it up a little more in this movie to the camera. You can tell he was definitely like aware of like his inflections a lot more, especially with like the eyebrow raises and the smirks and the commentary. A little too much and even in some regards. Some of his interactions, like he just kept doing the, the same scene in the first movie where he's checking out the grocery store and he's like, Me by myself? I don't think so. We literally got that like two or three more times in this movie, like almost verbatim, like a similar scene. The only bad thing I could say from this movie mm -hmm. is thought it was weird. The whole pigeon lady, bird lady Thank thing. You. Pigeon lady is by far the worst part of this movie. A hundred percent. And I'm glad you brought it up. The pigeon lady literally slows down the movie. They have a whole interaction with her. It's like, they want you to feel bad for her, but I, I don't, I don't know if that's heartless or not. Like their interaction is just kind of weird and, off-putting like the neighbor in the first movie made sense again this is part of the problem of doing the same exact thing over again now he has to find like a strange homeless lady who has pigeons and befriends her it didn't work for me at all their dialogue their interaction didn't mean as much to me their conversation didn't mean anything really to me i hated those parts honestly even her grand finale where she throws bird seed on marvin harry and they get attacked by birds this is just stupid. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. You know, the whole like friends apart thing with the two turtle doves where he gets the ornament from Mr. Duncan and he gives it, you know, half of it to her, half of it for him to keep. I didn't care about that, you know, and maybe that invalidates <laughs> some of the, the toy store scene, you know, with his whole like, you know, being selfless and giving it just didn't do anything for me. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't like her character. It's just very boring, bland and 
like you said, maybe a little uneasy because it's like he's just talking to this homeless lady and there when he hugs her at the end, I'm like, dude, don't be hugging that girl. <laughs> she's got pigeon crap all over and she probably reeks. Like, come on, man. I mean, she's not <laughs> as creepy as some of those people that they showed. I mean, I get what they're trying to show. You're walking, sonny. It was like so exaggerated and odd. Like, I know they're trying to show Kevin, you know, alone in the big city and it's a scary world, which it is. You know, you're going to find some weirdos in the city 100 percent. a little too exaggerated for me and again i don't know what it is that last fourth right before we get to the, the climax with all the action in the aunt and uncle's house it slows for me in that one spot i don't know what it is but that whole scene just drags out last couple things here the one thing that really irks me and maybe this is more of a personal anecdote it's hard to tell the marketing for the that talk boy the talk boy is shown so much in this movie the little toy that kevin has where he records his voice and plays it back when we were kids John, do you remember that toy being a big thing? Because I sure as hell remember that thing being really freaking popular when we were kids. See, I don't. See, maybe it's just me then. My cousins had, they had the talk girl. There's a pink version. There's a boy version, the talk boy, and there's a talk girl. That toy annoyed the hell out of me. Because number one, (laughs) it didn't do what it it, it showed. Like It did record. It sounded like garbage. They make it sound like perfect, clear, high quality audio that can trick someone to thinking that there's actually people in the room. That thing does not do that at all i'm sorry it does not do that at all i felt like any chance they had i felt like that was like a, a little ploy for like here make sure your kids buy this oh you gotta get that new talk boy make sure you're getting it now, that annoyed me that was like blatant marketing you know we're, we're getting on that trend we're starting to get the advertising trend but the talk boy is unforgivable for me because that, that's false marketing 100 that does not work like that and for any of you that had a talk boy or a talk girl you know what i'm talking about last thing oh, is and we might disagree on this this is my last issue with this film is this one doesn't feel as Christmas as the first movie. What do you think of that? You have to explain more. To what okay. You mean. So let me explain to you. <laughs> the first movie is genius in a lot of ways. One thing is, like I said, when I watched uh, the movies that made us, when they had the documentary about home alone, they used a lot of like subliminal imaging in the movie, which you might even notice it was happening. Like the house, for example, all of it's made of green and red colors, the paint, the countertops are, were green with like red. Everything was painted and adjusted in a way that it's somehow related to Christmas. So no matter where you looked in the movie, in your eyesight, it was Christmas, right? Nonstop. Like you, that, throughout the whole thing, you feel like Christmas. This movie, while it has some, it doesn't have to that extent. While there's Christmas decoration and it's the Christmas season, I never really got that like true feeling of Christmas from this movie. Well, they do give it at the end, you know, when he finds his mom. It just didn't feel very Christmas to me. As much Christmas, maybe, is what I'm going for. It's this one, an interesting point. This one I could see I is more of like a winter movie, almost. If you really want to like add it to a season, this one just feels less Christmas than the first one. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I also don't actually remember the whole house red and green and all that. But you gotta go check it out. It's actually I, really interesting. I recommend it to I, all of you. Like, just sit again, watch that documentary, the movies that made us. Really interesting about Home Alone. But again, the detail that they went into that house just to craft everything perfectly like Christmas, this one didn't feel as strong. Like there is Christmas symbolism, of course, throughout the whole thing, especially like we've talked about giving kindness to others, showing care, compassion for those you don't know. And that's all fine and dandy. But at the same time, something about it just didn't feel as Christmas to me as much as the first one. Like if someone went up to me, right, and said, all right, Kevin, we can give you a choice here. You can only watch Home Alone 1 or 2. It wouldn't be a hard decision. For me it's gonna be home alone one 100 especially at christmas time if you're at See? christmas you're gonna be like you're gonna which one do you want to watch i'm gonna go home alone one that one's gonna get me in that christmas feeling immediately while this one it's not fully submerged in christmas right it's it's kind of like hanging out a little bit i would not say like overall either one of these get me in the christmas christmas 
mood. Really? But they're movies that I just <laughs> happen to watch around Christmas time, to be honest. Right. Like, well, of course. They're right. not like, they're not like, uh, I watch them every year. It doesn't set the mood for John. But I'm not like, there. I'm not like, hey, <laughs> now I'm ready for Christmas. Like, I don't know, man. I, don't... I, I disagree with that. We're on the point. I, like I say, you put on Home Alone 1. I'm like, let's get, let's get that tree up. We got the holidays. <laughs> we got to celebrate. I associate that, man. Home Alone 1, definitely. Home Alone 2, oh, I'll definitely watch every year. Don't get me wrong. I don't want that to come across. I'll watch it every year. But it's not going to get me in that holiday mood like Home Alone 1 does. Last thing I want to Just... talk about is we, we talked about earlier now. You seem to like this one a little more than the first one. Am I am I on the right page there? A little bit? Yes, a little bit more okay. than the okay. first one. So Chris Columbus, the director of this, Chris Columbus, amazing and director. He has a yeah, well <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> There's I have he has we have some issues with him too, which we'll, we'll talk about eventually. I promise. You, or you might have seen it already at this point. There's Something he said in an interview when I was doing a little bit of research on this movie was that, in his opinion, this movie is better than the first one. He actually loves Home Alone 2 more than Home Alone 1. And he also admits, which supports my theory earlier, that he actually considers this almost a remake of Home Alone. He feels like he literally remade Home Alone the way he wanted to more. Like he was given the free reign to do what he wanted. And he feels like Home Alone 2 is the superior film to Home Alone 1, in his creative opinion. Which I don't agree with. I think Home Alone 1 is, is a better story. don't know how much I necessarily agree with this just being Home Alone. <laughs> Lost in New York feels like it's the real title of this movie. Not necessarily the Home Alone. Home Alone title is just kind of thrown in there just to Home add Alone it to the titles. franchise. For what's to come in the foreseeable future, I'll, I'll, I'll take this. Okay, let's put it that way. <laughs> I think we're at that point, though, Tell where we're going to give our final scores. I'm going to give Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, a B plus. I enjoy this movie. Oh. Do I think it's as perfect as the first one? No. But it has a lot of merits to it. A lot of things work. It's just hard for me to separate nostalgia, especially with this movie, from my more critical view, where I have to condemn it a lot because it essentially is a carbon copy. While that's not necessarily always a bad thing, it stands out a lot. It can be annoying at times when you're literally hearing the same dialogue just uttered slightly differently in a movie. Overall, I, I do enjoy this movie. It is a Christmas classic. It's on my playlist 100% every year. You guys gotta check this out. If you, for some reason you haven't, I don't know why you wouldn't have watched this. You should definitely watch it now. Where have you been? Exactly. John? Where do you stand with this film? This film, to me, is an A. I can respect One that. of those classic movies. Great movie. I understand where you're coming from, where it's like the same. And it's very much like the same. Definitely an A movie. I definitely put it up there. It's hard to praise it and condemn it at the same time. Not necessarily is more of the same a bad thing. But at the same time, if we're looking at it critically as a film, then... I have to condemn it a little more than I would like to, unfortunately. But I can respect the A. I, you know, I, I agree with that opinion. It's not my score, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. But John, where can the people so find can, us at home? You can find us on YouTube. The Real Movie Guys on YouTube. Go to our page. Like our channel. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. You can get notified when we put out other movies, as we will be doing for 25 days of Christmas oh this year. A lot of movies. A, a lot, lot of A lot us, of editing. A lot of editing. <laughs> Kevin goes crazy over there with anything. Yeah, please. <laughs> please watch. Also, I beg you. <laughs> watch it. Give us a thumbs up. Yeah. Let us know that you're out there. 
please. You can also find us on Twitter. You can tweet at us. Let us know your opinion on this movie. You can also listen to us on many podcasting platforms, such as... Yes, for your listening pleasure, we are also available in podcast form at iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Be sure to give us a listen at any of those fine places. If you already are right now, hey, greatly appreciate it. Just search out Real Movie Guys. We should pop right up. Thank you all again so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin, that guy over there, he's John. We are your real movie guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. And don't forget to tune in all this month as the holiday festivities continue during the 25 days of real Christmas. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll catch you next time. Or the sticky bandits now, Barb.